everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Profiteers vs. The People. Today, we have a very special treat for you. Our first listener request! That's right. Our number one listener from Los Angeles, Kat, writes, Hi, I'm a new subscriber and a big fan. Please make an episode about the terribleness of Elon Musk, a master of making dirty secrets go away. Everyone admires him thinking he is the world's greatest inventor, when in reality, he just has a shit ton of money from his family wealth exploiting emerald mines in Africa since the colonial times, and he simply buys businesses that seem fun to him rather than to actually ever contribute to anything scientifically. Oh, and can we talk about the sexual assaults he's committed that the public knows about yet somehow chooses to overlook? The times he and his family have paid off various flight attendants to keep their mouths shut about the sexual assaults they've experienced with him? Please dig up all the dirt on this nothing but entitled and immature Peter Pan rich kid who keeps getting money from his parents to buy businesses to keep him occupied and out of trouble. I can't wait. Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. In the corner to my left, hailing from South Africa and weighing in at 185 pounds, the man who names his kids after auto-generated computer passwords, Elon Musk! And to my right, two guys who... Wait a minute. Who... Elon's mother has entered the ring. Oh my goodness, did she find... Oh, oh no, what is she saying? Elon can't fight! Oh goodness, looks like we're gonna have to call this one, folks. Hold on. What... What's Elon doing with that ruler? Ladies and gentlemen, trying to get himself around. Please, God, cut the commercial. We can't do this anymore. Think of the children. So, Kat, first of all, thank you so much for your support of our little podcast, as well as that beautifully written suggestion. Can we talk about the writing there? Honestly, we need to bring you on the podcast because your writing is impeccable. (laughs) We want to let you know that we've had our eye on Elon since the very beginning of our little podcast. The first content that we ever recorded together was actually a conversation about him. And the dude has just been doing so much dumb shit since then (laughs) that we figured that we should probably wait until some of the dust settles just so we could have a somewhat easy ending to our story. However, it has become crystal clear to us that this motherfucker is just going to keep being a scumbag forever. So thank you for the kick in the ass. Let's fucking do this. Yes. So Elon Musk has built this brand around being Tony Stark. And we've crapped on Tony Stark in a past episode, but I don't even think Elon is up to Tony Stark's level. He's like Steve Seagal. Oof. And this stupid square off with Zuck really epitomizes that. Mm. He comes to that one event dressed as a Spartan or something, and he's probably saying something like, Bruce Lee gave me this uh, back when I was a cop. But (laughs) the fight came around, and Musk Mama knew that despite all his posturing, getting into the ring with Zuck means watching your man baby child's face contort as he shits his pants in a chokehold. So you can buy your way out of a ton of social BS, but I don't know how much you would have to sink in to buy your way out of that. Yeah. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, Elon (laughs) just keeps digging this hole. Like as we were writing this script, we were like, send each other tweets of shit that he was doing in real time. And we're like, 
Jesus, fuck. We have to add a whole other piece about this. As of recording, I think the latest is he challenged Mark Zuckerberg to a literal dick measuring contest. Yeah, we were writing this script and we see the tweet from him that's like, I think we should get our dicks out. God damn it. I really don't know what's parody and what is actual Elon Musk quote. Like every time Rad Bill sends me a screenshot i have to verify because i'm like he didn't say this he didn't <laughs> this challenge fake. another grown man to a dick ma- somebody couldn't possibly have that much money and be so hopelessly insecure but <laughs> apparently <laughs> it's been proven by flight attendants it doesn't seem like we can put him above that shit i think Just his like, dick's probably really coming out i <sighs> nonetheless i think they should do it I think they need to do the dick measuring contest, but an important question needs to be asked here. What are they measuring? The yaw. The yaw is a good one. How (laughs) bendy is your wiener? So few dick measures ever measure stretchiness, which I think would be a good thing for Zuck and Elon to get up on video and measure just how stretchy is your meat? How stretchy is Zuck's meat? Who do you think has the best meat stretch between the two? Well, if political ideology has anything to do with dick stretchiness, I would consider Elon's the least flexible as of his recent Twitter escapades. Oh, yes. <laughs> Symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like the thing that excites me about the dick measuring contest is it's the most on the nose thing. It's like we've been dancing around these representations of phallic male insecurities. I'm so glad that we finally just stopped beating around the bush, no pun intended, oh, that's and, good. Just, and just look at the fucking dicks. I wonder if Elon's circumcised. If we're lucky, he'll get his dick out before the next episode, and we can include that in there. Yeah, I I think that he probably is not. I would imagine he isn't. I hope he's not. I would be surprised if he I don't was. know why I hope. I have a hard time imagining him shirtless like he was in that one picture. With an uncircumcised penis. So outside all of Elon's self-promotion, there's a ton of dispute over what his story really is. And that is what this first part of this series on Elon Musk is going to really tackle. His self-promotion hasn't been consumed entirely by anyone, but most of us have bought into some of the pieces that shape our narrative of this guy. You know, some people believe that he came from nothing, had good intentions and a brilliant mind, and once he was at the top, but now he's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit. Mm -hmm. Other people believe that he is and has always been a... What did Kat say? A Peter Pan man-child? I don't know. It was I liked what she said. Yeah, Yeah. better than whatever I had. Who basically built an empire out of a pile of gold he was born with. Some people believe that he stole everything good he lays claims to and is a net negative. And still some people, and these are the ones that really blow my mind, are on the complete other side of the spectrum. And they really fucking love this guy. Yeah, man. I can't get my head around that shit. If it's because you fancy yourself a fancy pants business boy, surely at this point in the game, you have to admit that you've lost a fortune to the man. Oh, if you've ever put your money where your mouth is, he's cost you that money. Yeah. Did you invest (laughs) in Doge any time in the last three years based on his advice? Twitter? Jesus fuck. Are you paying for Twitter blue? 
Oh no, oh, please no. Yeah. <laughs> Did you buy Tesla when he said he was taking it private at 420? Maybe you didn't lose any money and you're just inspired by his Tony Stark persona. According to him, he was raised by a single parent, brutally bullied in school, at one point landing in the hospital as a result. He couch surfed after dropping out of Stanford after a single day to start his first business, and he did so with basically nothing. Less than nothing, in fact. Apparently, when he started Zip2, he had $100,000 in student loan debt and built it on a homemade computer. From these humble beginnings, he worked 100-hour weeks and built several massively successful businesses. This is the dream. This is what so many people are fighting for. How can you look upon this with disdain? How can you get to such a skeptical place when hearing a story like Elon's? And there's just such a dichotomy mm-hmm. between what Rad Bill just spoke on, which is how Elon describes the course of his life, specifically his his upbringing and early years. That was me doing Tucker Carlson musing about Elon Musk's <laughs> hero story. Exactly. <laughs> and some pieces of that story we're going to find out as this this episode goes on are exaggerations and some are just flat out lies yep so what we'll be doing in this episode is first separating the truth from fiction and also pondering this question why does elon musk tell his origin story the way that he does when some of it is clearly a departure from the truth. And while we're doing all this, we're going to put this douche on crutches. Yes. C stands for consumer harm. R stands for rich parents. U stands for union suppression and employee abuse. T stands for tax avoidance, often disguised as charity. The second C stands for child labor allegations. The H stands for harassment allegations. The E stands for egregious behavior after hours. And the S stands for slap suits and journalist suppression. I am Money Mike. And I'm Rad Bill. And here's another intro. (laughs) 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 So there is a mountain of data that we are having to dig through for this one. So we're asking two things. First, bear with us if we get dense. We're going to try to keep it fun and light, but we don't want to let anything slip through the cracks. Mm -hmm. This dude is just such a shitbag that he's really making us work overtime. And he's such Um, a full-time public figure. Yes. There's just so much out there on him that we have to sift through. And then, you know, make sure that we're doing our due diligence and not spreading bullshit. Yeah. And the second thing that we're going to ask of you is to show up for our continuations of the Elon Musk story. So we're going to start from the beginning and we will do a couple more episodes to kind of spread some of the, the love or not love. I don't know. So let's start from the beginning. Sure. Elon Musk was born to Errol and May Musk in 1971 in Pretoria, South Africa. May was a pretty successful model and a dietitian. She was a total MILF. No, like, but 
Actually, she's an actual cover girl model. She was a total babe. But yeah, she was she's, a babe. She's, beauty. <laughs> she's, a, she's a MILF at 70 or a GILF, I guess. I get yeah. it now. Yeah. I, I see yeah. why that's becoming so, a trend. I don't feel like anyone is giving Elon undue attention or platforming him by ogling at his mom. <laughs> I'd say go ahead and do it. Yeah, she's pretty. <laughs> So she's got that going for her, and Errol was an electrical and mechanical engineer who had accrued significant wealth consulting and developing properties. In 1980, Elon's parents divorced, and two years later, he moved in with his father. Sometime between this time, 1982 and 1985, Elon's dad, Errol, landed his little Cessna in Zambia, where a group of Italians offered him 80,000 British pounds in exchange for the plane. Uh, hey, uh, we'll uh, give you a, a bunch of cash money for your plane. We're not doing anything that's suspicious. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, another offer was made. This time, as Errol reckons, it was a Panamanian man offering him a trade. 50% of the money in his hand for don't, 50- Don't you love how people from this era just include people's nationalities and stories when they don't fucking matter at all? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that like- is just the most boomer shit that I've ever heard in my entire life. You're standing on an airstrip and you're like, yeah, there are some Italians that just have a ton of cash. Like, I think there's a lot more to comment on in the fact that they just had 80,000 pounds in cash on them. And then the Panamanian man, who was also, I guess, on the airstrip, was like... It's a lot of money you have there in your hand. Like, like have have you ever been talking to, like, somebody of that generation and they were like, yeah, I was talking to Harold next door. Harold's a black guy, by the way. (laughs) And you're like, what did that have to do with the story? Dad, I've met Harold. (laughs) I know what he looks like. He knew me as a kid. He's my godfather. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. No, you're good. So... According to Errol, the agreement was less than formal and included 110 emeralds up front, which is a shit ton of emeralds. Just a ton of emeralds. And then a semi-steady flow of emeralds ensued thereafter. He claims that the agreement was for a few years and that there was never steady ownership, but, you know, nonetheless. We have to pause here and acknowledge that there is a ton of drama around the emerald mine yep elon very vehemently disputed that this mine even existed in fact he went on twitter and offered a very sizable reward in doge for anybody who could prove the existence of the mine so his dad (laughs) proved the existence of the mine That was cold-blooded <laughs> shit, too. Yeah, Dude. that relationship. Woo! Just- <laughs> oh, God. He must have been just a peach to have around at home. Yeah, I bet oh. it was so good. <laughs> As money just shared, Elon's dad owns up and says, no, yeah, there was totally a mine. Despite what Elon says, there's a mountain of evidence, aside from the father confirming it on an interview, that this really was a thing, and his father indeed had traded half of his plain money for 50% of an emerald mine. Yeah, so this is one of the first big divergences from the truth. You mm-hmm. know, we have Elon saying, I worked my way through college. Oh, wait, what's his accent? I worked, I, I can't do it. I worked my way through college, and my Perfect. dad was not really part of the story back then. 
And I had $100,000 in debt, and I couldn't <laughs> even afford a second PC at Zip2. Things were blah, really hard. Blah, 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 I, blah, blah. I only had a dollar for every day uh, to eat food, and that was it. It was just the one dollar, and now I'm fancy and very wealthy. <laughs> God, I love your accent. So, again, we did a lot of research to make sure that we weren't spreading bullshit here, and the mine exists. Elon's dad had ownership in that mine. We'll get back to that in a little bit, but the really big wow factor here is it doesn't even sound like this disputed emerald mine was even the source of the family's wealth. Yeah. So when Elon moved in with dad at 12, his father had thoroughbred horses, several houses, including a house in Waterkloof, <laughs> one of Pretoria's most exclusive suburbs. He had a Rolls Royce, mm -hmm. the untraded Cessna, and he had, quote, so much money he couldn't even close the safe. It was estimated that, that this particular mine only, I use that in quotes, mm -hmm. added $400,000 to their already significant wealth. Now, this goes against Errol's claim that Elon's entire career was funded by that mine. But I think what dad might have meant here is that he probably sent Elon a considerable amount of money while he, Elon, was getting started. I think that's the case. And, you know, more to the Emerald thing and the size of the Emerald mine, it doesn't even sound like this was Errol's only source of Emeralds. Errol in the past has claimed that this mine only accounted for somewhere between 60 and 70% of Errol's inbound emeralds. The mine apparently collapsed at the end of the decade. I know, we're really talking about just a shitload of precious gems here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elon has done his best to bury the emerald thing, but we feel like there's just too much proof. It's a passive part of his family's story at this point. When he tweeted denying the story, he must have forgotten about the time he told Forbes that he visited the Emerald Mine with his father <laughs> when he was 15. And there was some issue with his passport or whatever. Or about the story his father tells about a 16-ish-year-old Elon Musk walking into Tiffany's on Fifth Avenue and asking if he and his bro could sell Tiffany's a couple of emeralds. They agreed and bought them from Elon and Cowboy Elon for $2,000. <laughs> One emerald was 800 and the other was 1200 As the story goes, the family returned a few days later and saw that the stone Elon had sold for $800 was front and center in a ring that was being sold for $24,000. Dude, what does walking into Tiffany's offering to sell them something look like? It looks like an employee just giving you his paycheck in exchange for about 25 grand. <laughs> like, like I, I like going in stores like that, like, like, you know, really high end jewelry stores and I can't get them to acknowledge me. And homeboy <laughs> walked into Tiffany's, one of the most prestigious jewelers in the world, pulled some dusty rocks out of his pocket and was yeah. like, hey, yo, you trying to buy? <laughs> I've got these rocks. I don't know if I go to you to sell them. My dad's asleep. I, do you want well, to buy my rocks? <laughs> in all seriousness, though, it probably means that Errol had relationships there. Can I walk off the street with just some rocks in my pocket and be like, do you want to buy these? No, probably yeah. not. Fuck no. So, Try selling a loose diamond to Tiffany's. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> if I if I tried to sell a Tiffany's watch to Tiffany's, they'd be like, there's a pawn shop down the street, Popper. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? <laughs> Who did you kill for this? 
So but, yeah, this the other thing here, this brings back to my mind those hundred ten emeralds that Errol got when purchasing that stake in the Zambian mine. I believe the four hundred thousand figure came from Errol. If he got a hundred ten just on trade, and one of the stones that Elon just happened to have years later was worth $24,000 in a storefront. That had to be just a massive amount of money that came out of that shit. Oh, dude, for sure. For sure. Now, I mean, granted, rebranding an uncut stone with a Tiffany's logo is a big deal and is going to create value. But what we were looking for in these stories is proof, essentially, that Elon lied. And it might sound like we're harping on it, but again, we really want to be thorough and not spread bullshit. So there's one more little tale that I want to tell. One of Elon's girlfriends talked about her time with him over Christmas one year, how she didn't get him anything, and he wrote her a cute little note, and she felt terrible. And soon after, he opened his mother's jewelry case and took out an, an emerald necklace, essentially saying, read that. Mom has a ton of them. <laughs> and just <laughs> gave her this emerald necklace as an early birthday gift. Yeah. And the reason that this ex-girlfriend was telling that story is that last year she sold that necklace at auction for $50,000. Yeah. Proof of that's in our sources if you want to check it out. Yeah. So again, this is the first big deviation between the tale that Elon has defended with money. Yeah. And what is verifiably true. And we probably shouldn't dive too deep into this right now, but we've got to ask why. Yeah. There are plenty of billionaires who will passively downplay how wealthy their families were. You can listen to a couple of our episodes about like Bill Gates came from money and he didn't talk about it, but he didn't deny it either. It's an omission, not a misrepresentation. Exactly. But Elon is flat out fucking lying in the face of evidence. And some of that evidence came from him. He changed (laughs) the story through interviews. Yeah. So again, we won't go too much deeper right now, but why? Why? Why is Elon talking like this? But anyway, let's move on. For sure. Moving on, the way Elon describes his childhood is that as a young boy, he was brutally bullied in school. At one point, as a Bryanston High School 10th grader, being beaten so badly that he had to be hospitalized. But we found some interesting context for this, which I'm going to relay to you now. Kid Elon Musk was kicked down the stairs because he was, according to our sources, Picking on another boy because the boy's father had recently committed suicide. Jesus fucking Christ. Yep. Now, this is objectively shitty behavior, but we're not here to advocate for kids getting violent with each other and kicking another kid down the stairs is obviously wrong. Elon could have died. And really, we aren't even blaming Elon for this. Kids are stupid dummies, and high school is a weird time. We are, however, blaming his father. In this moment, Elon is truly Frankenstein's monster. Our source for this story is an interview given by Elon's father in 2015, where he was more or less just bragging about the way he raised his son to be unfiltered. Errol's story changes, by the way, depending on who he's talking to. In another article about how sad the school was about Elon being bullied, his dad describes just being 
outraged and seeking to press charges, but nothing working, justice never being served. I feel like Fox News is constantly playing in Errol Musk's household. He's a massive Trump supporter, coincidentally. What's interesting here as it relates to Elon is how he crafts this narrative to resemble just a superhero origin story. He's like the Peter Parker who was beat up by some jock in the schoolyard and now he's transformed into someone new and powerful. Like, I'm sounding like a broken record at this point, but why? Why? Why are you telling the story in a way that casts you as a victim when you clearly were not a victim? Again, like Brad Bill said, no one's saying one party was in the right or one party was in the wrong, but the way that Elon says it, he was wronged. He was wronged big time. Yeah. Yeah. Kids say stupid and horrifying things. It's part of being a kid. Yes, for sure. Daddy eventually made it all better. He moved Elon to the prestigious Pretoria Boys High School. Yeah, I feel like monsters are made there. (laughs) Dude, monsters are made in just all boys high school. I feel like that's just all they're pumping out is just domestic abusers. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's fucking horrifying. <laughs> so his teen years are spent between an all-boys high school and under the supervision of his mega douchebag dad. And next, Elon claims that he rejected his father's ill-begotten wealth and moved to Canada with a paltry $2,000 to put himself through school. He got Canadian citizenship and supposedly just spent $1 a day on food at this point. Yeah, and quick note on that, the $1 on food a day thing is championed by muskies all the time. But he chose to do that, to live off of $30 for food for a month, just to see if he could do it. And he only did it for a month. It's (laughs) like he was saying, this is going to sound great in my memoirs. (laughs) We found a ton of articles that phrase this $1 a day thing like a gritty necessity. Elon is the founder who spent just a dollar on food each day. Such a freaking badass. Yeah, the most egregious example that we found mentioned that he lived off $1 per day and then in parentheses converted it to South African rand, (laughs) implying that he lived off $1 each day in some sort of South African ghetto, I guess. (laughs) I couldn't believe that shit. He was in (laughs) Canada at this point. (laughs) Billionaires love doing stupid survivalist shit like this, but he again is spinning it for the memoirs, I guess. Straight up. He attends Queen's University for two years in 1989, and this kicks off the period where he begins racking up $100,000 in student loan debt. As we mentioned earlier, his mother, May Musk, lived in Canada at this time, and because of this, he was able to gain Canadian citizenship, which reduces the cost of his time at Queen's University massively. Mm. In fact, nine years after he supposedly went to Queen's University in 1989, the cost of domestic tuition for the more expensive programs at Queen's University was around $4,400. So even if tuition stayed flat, he would be like nine grand in the hole for those two years, closer to 9500 if you count the dollar per day for food. More so, after this, he got a scholarship to UPenn that covered all of the tuition, meaning he only had to cover living expenses and books. Where the hell did $100,000 in debt come from, Elon? How expensive are the books at UPenn? He also tells this story 
where he and a friend rent out a 10-bedroom house that they turn into a nightclub. And they apparently did this to pay rent. Elon claimed that they would charge $5 at the door and would have up to 500 people over in a single night. And in my mind, what it sounds like, and I could be wrong, is that they did this enough to where they could say, yeah, we did this a ton. And people might just believe them. But this seemingly harsh assumption is really giving Elon the benefit of the doubt. Otherwise, he's spending a dollar a day on food. Where the hell did he spend the other $99,000? Were those fucking clickers really that expensive back then? (laughs) Those fucking clickers. I'm sure I still have my clickers somewhere. I've got eight of them because I would either lose them or they'd update them and you'd need a new one the next semester or whatever shit. We need to do a fucking episode on the cost of college. We're going to do an episode on the cost of those fucking clickers. I'll tell you what. Just so I can get fucking pissed off. Yeah. But the funny thing about this whole nightclub tale is a friend that he did the whole thing with was like, yeah, oh wait, this person's Canadian. Yeah, Elon wasn't, god damn it, Elon really wasn't a big drinker or like a big partier. Yeah. I, I would be looking around the party like, hey, where's Elon? And then I would go up and find him up, find him in his room playing video games. In some of the shit that we read, it seems like the author is trying to make it sound like Elon's this mysterious enigma above all of these mortal temptations of a horny college kid. (laughs) In reality, it really doesn't sound like Elon helped with the nightclub thing at all. Or the other people at the party really didn't want him to be there. Maybe because he made fun of their dads killing themselves. I don't know. That's kind of a bummer at a party. I feel like that shit follows you past high school. (laughs) I feel like that could almost follow you across the Atlantic Ocean. Ah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, okay, Elon, you got to be at the door of some shit, man. It may look like everyone's having good fun, but I feel like running a nightclub is an ass load of work and you're just leaving your buddy to do it solo (laughs) i also feel like all these guys were doing is running a frat house yeah like we were reading through that the third time and i was like so he was in a fraternity but like not a fraternity it sounds like it was just him and his buddy and it was like a 10 bedroom house it was huge that's sus suspicious 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 so after that he goes to stanford for like a couple days days yeah allegedly maybe <laughs> we think that's our theory there's no way to confirm this and there's a shit ton of speculation that he just never got in at all i feel like by the way money that this is the case with like most of the fucking guys that say this i could see it if someone says yeah after a year at the school I dropped out or I went on deferment or whatever the hell it's called. I'm more inclined to believe them. But let's look at the people that we've covered who've said this. It's Jordan Belfort and Elon Mm -hmm. Musk. And I don't believe either of those fuckers on this front. (laughs) Yeah, I I believe Jordan Belfort and Elon Musk, in the words of one of my Spanish teachers, uh, about as far as I can throw them. (laughs) (laughs) They lie like a snake in the grass. (laughs) Like you said, it's hard to disprove that he got accepted to Stanford and went for a couple days. Mm -hmm. But if it's true that he did not get accepted, which again, we can neither confirm or deny, it would Mm -hmm. just fit so nicely into this trend of him making stuff up to fit in this cheesy archetype of the self-made billionaire 
Marvel character, I guess. Right? Yeah, also, his physics degree from UPenn is called into question a significant amount in the next episode, so get ready for that. Yeah, we honestly just needed a little bit more research there. It's hazy. It's super cloudy. Nonetheless, the point of us getting this granular is that Elon is making two contradicting claims, and at least one of them kind of has to be a lie. Either he was a savvy genius, and he got Canadian citizenship through his mother and paid very little at Queens before getting a full scholarship at UPenn, where he paid his rent by partying and only spent a dollar a day on food, or he was the visionary who had to make sacrifices to get what he wanted due to adversity. Where and how did he spend $100,000? What part of the story is made up? Because... It, it can't jive. Maybe the UPenn scholarship was lost, or maybe he applied for Queens as an international student by mistake, which is a terrible waste of money. <laughs> maybe they only did the nightclub thing one fucking time, and he was stuck paying the rent on a big, stupid 10-bedroom house. Yeah, this is the part of that hero narrative, that Elon's <laughs> whole story is just too good to be true. Yeah. There's a lot of doubt about whether he got into Stanford, and there's a healthy amount of speculation about what his degrees looked like. And honestly, I understand why. It's yeah. cloudy as fuck. Yep, none of this shit makes sense. But after supposedly dropping out of Stanford after just a few days, he joined forces and funds with his brother, Cowboy Elon, soon raising <laughs> $200,000 for Zip2. And 20000 came from dear old dad. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, all right, so he left Canada and broke ties with his dad. <sighs> anyway, Elon got to work <laughs> sleeping on a couch and using an old shitty PC to start building his incredible first invention. He bought a disc containing a local business directory and then convinced a group to give him free mapping software and then combined the two, making a sort of digital yellow pages. If you had a pulse in a computer at this time, you were a billionaire today. Dude. Like, what the fuck? He's like, look, look at this. It's a spreadsheet, I call it, with business <laughs> names and phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's just taking two very basic ideas and being like, well, I have some fruit and I have some cake. Well, what if, guys, what if we made fruit cake? God, and that's such an apt metaphor because fruitcake is not very good. <laughs> By the way, this shit sounds rudimentary. And you might be thinking, okay, rad and money, you just don't know that much about computers. But uh, it was fucking rudimentary. <laughs> In an attempt to impress investors, he put a big-ass fake case around the Zip2 computer so it looked like a supercomputer. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, honestly, this is the first time I'm, I'm actually impressed by Elon Musk. That was clever. He's a con man, but that was clever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here we see our future Tony Stark, a lowly entrepreneur, sleeping on a couch with nothing but his entrepreneurial spirit and his absurd, ceaseless dishonesty to keep him alive. <laughs> In early 1996, they raised another $3 million for Zip2, but... In return, they had to give up control of the company. Richard Sorkin came on as the new CEO and began selling Zip2's service to newspapers, which was a good idea. Somewhere around this time, by the way, the now larger team got a look at the code that Elon had written. He was supposedly self-taught. And apparently it was so bad that they had to scrap a majority of the fucking app and start again. 
Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Elon apparently treated the members of this team, by the way, like absolute shit. He'd get pissed if they didn't work past 9 p.m. at night. So this is going to become an Elon theme. Yep. Elon can't do the hard skill thing that for whatever business he's in, all he can really do is boss people around and be an asshole. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) We've found this out with a ton of these guys. Their secret is that they just work people to death. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So Richard Sorkin attempted to facilitate a merger between Zip2 and City Search, but Elon found out he wouldn't be in charge at all. Instead, Charles Kahn would be heading the company and Thomas Layton would be the COO. So Elon staged a revolt and was able to defeat the board and have Richard Sorkin removed as CEO. Consequently, the deal fell apart. A City Search executive later said City Search wanted to focus on customers and financiers, and Elon wanted to focus on Elon. <laughs> That's not the exact quote, but what he literally said was Elon wanted to focus on visibility for himself. This dude has just been the worst since the beginning. <laughs> and like he pushes so hard for sole credit and sole control. Yeah, that guy says Elon wants to focus on visibility for himself, and Elon's like, well, that guy's dad killed himself, so I'm not that bad. (laughs) Fuck, dude. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. (laughs) So Zip2 sold, and Elon makes $22 million off of his remaining equity, which he uses first to buy a McLaren F1, and he goes on TV and muses about how there are only 62 left in the world shortly before totaling it. Uh, He claims then that he invested the rest in his next venture, X.com. He told the world he planned on using X.com to transform the digital banking industry, and he made a public spectacle about sinking his entire net worth into the project. It's just another Elon Musk move. He goes in, promises to change the world, and he's staking his life on it. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) X.com, as we understand it, would allow users to... Email people money, (laughs) which, as someone whose grandma wouldn't send cash via USPS, that seems a little risky. Yeah, this – I don't know how I feel about this. (laughs) This whole performative thing that he's doing here, as we understand it, is Musk's big secret for raising money. And it fucking worked. He raised a ton, but as X.com took shape – Investors and his co-founders grew skeptical about Musk's approach and level of experience, and they brought in Bill Harris to be the CEO instead. One complaint they had about Elon is that he was constantly over-promising, which had to be a fucking nightmare when you're coding and building an app. I mean, that's already a kajillion hour-a-day job at a startup. For sure. Yeah, an SEC filing pointed out at one point that X.com had basically no proprietary software at all, despite all of Elon's incredible claims. And the software they did have was written by Elon. (laughs) There was a bug that would have allowed users to transfer funds from any other account in the U.S. banking system with just an account number. Some would call that a feature, dog. It's an app that gives you free money. (laughs) (laughs) I see how he raised all that capital. It makes sense now. And at this point, at this point, just let Elon boss people around. <laughs> Again, when he actually starts trying to do whatever the business that he is in does, it falls apart because he can't. 
He, yeah. he, he can't code. That's it. <laughs> redirect his attention as soon as he starts saying, here, let me help you with that. <laughs> a terrible idea to let him help you with that. But anyways, apparently Elon's bullshit got so absurd that his co-founder and a bunch of employees just said fuck it and bailed because they were tired of his bullshit. Yeah. Can you imagine walking away from a multi-million dollar company that you built from the ground up because Karen three cubes down is a fucking nightmare to work with? Like, I can't imagine how bad some of these Silicon Valley people have to be. I can't either. Like, you hear the story about the third Apple founder or whatever leaving a a future trillion-dollar empire because he was sick of the two guys. And it's a somewhat recurrent thing. Like, people cannot stand to be around these motherfuckers. Yeah, they they feed on the soul. Yep. Musk hired other people and eventually pushed out Bill Harris and replaced him with uh, Elon. And soon (laughs) afterwards, X.com merged with Confinity – which was Peter Thiel's company. True to form, and to his insistence, Elon got to be CEO of this new amalgamation of these two companies. Not sure if anyone at home is going to remember this, but PayPal, a piece of proprietary software belonging to Confinity, was blowing up back in the day. The press loved it, and its incredible creator, Peter Thiel. And this apparently pissed off Elon Musk, who kept trying to promote X.com as PayPal scaled. <laughs> can, can you read that in the I'll, I'll read it, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm brilliant too, guys. Just email people money for shit. That's the cool thing. <laughs> don't, don't do what this nerd's doing over here. God, I, why can I not do accents? It's okay. I Before we recorded this, I listened to uh, Elon Musk talking about that McLaren like it was this rare endangered Dude, bird. I am, <laughs> I am so glad to hear that because I thought you just pulled that out of your ass for this recording and I was feeling insecure. Oh, <laughs> so eventually Elon conceded and mm. X.com was buried. The company then rebranded to PayPal. Elon got the credit for this decision. He's a genius again. And to celebrate this occasion and the discovery that Elon was allegedly hiding serious financial issues from the board, employees formed a beautiful coalition and demanded that Elon's dumbass be fired. And it totally worked. A mere 10 months after he took the helm as CEO, Elon Musk was history. Yeah, I'm going to butcher this name, but (laughs) Roloff Botha, um, one of the higher-ups at PayPal, said that the company wouldn't have lasted another six months with Elon at the helm. (laughs) But fortunately for Elon, he was able to keep his shares of the company. And when PayPal sold to eBay in 2002, Musk made a tidy $180 million. And the way he tells it, His next move was to immediately sink every penny of this money into three new ventures. And that's where we will pick up on the next episode. Get ready because this shit gets stupid and dark. (laughs) Yeah, dude, this is the tip of the fucking iceberg. Yeah. So please join us for the next episode because that's when the shit really starts to get good. Mm -hmm. But before we close up, we want to give a quick shout out to the wonderful members of the Enough Musk Spam subreddit for all of your excellent suggestions for things to include in our exploration of our boy, Elon. If you haven't heard your suggestion yet, we promise that we will tackle it in one of the next episodes. Also, we'd like to announce a contest. 
as we edit these episodes, and as we've been editing past episodes, we've been keeping aside all of the little stutters and jumbles and belches and sneezes from our recording sessions. And we would like to see if any of our listeners can remix all of those guttural noises and fumbles into a sick-ass EDM song. And <laughs> if anyone wants to take a crack at it, we will play your remix at some point. The first place person will get their song used as a playout for our final Elon episode. Yep, you can find those stems on our subreddit, Profiteers versus the People. Again, that is on Reddit. Yep, we'll let you know that you won, and we'll say whatever you want us to say before playing your song. Well, guys, thanks again for listening, and goodbye. goodbye.